0: This is The Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, June 14th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week is in Proceedings of the National Academy of Science and is titled Modeling the Evolution of the U.S. Opioid Crisis for National Policy Development. The authors of this article create a model utilizing data from between 1999 and 2020 to understand historical opioid use patterns and to project future scenarios. In testing, the model was able to closely replicate historical trajectories and had good model fit for various scenarios. While the model has some limitations, as it does not address co-occurring stimulant use, it does potentially provide a resource for policymakers in projecting future use patterns and policy analysis. Next is a study in JAMA Network Open titled Analysis of Urine Drug Test Results from Substance Use Disorder Treatment Practices and Overdose Mortality Rates 2013 to 2020. This study collected the results of 500,000 urine drug tests from between 2013 and 2020 in all 50 states. Urine drug test results were compared to overdose mortality data from the CDC, and correlation tests between urine drug test results and overdose mortality were performed at the national, state, and county level. The strongest correlation between urine drug test results and overdose mortality was seen for synthetic opioids and methamphetamine. The authors proposed that urine drug test results could provide a timely warning of increases in overdose deaths that would allow for early distribution of naloxone and fentanyl test strips in relevant areas. A new article in Drug and Alcohol Dependence is titled Association Between Clinically Recognized Suicidality and Subsequent Initiation or Continuation of Medications for Opioid Use Disorder. The authors of this study note that patients with opioid use disorder have a lower risk of suicide when they receive medications for their disorder. The authors extracted data from the Virginia electronic health record to examine the relationships between a diagnosis of opioid use disorder, documented suicidality, and receipt of medications for opioid use disorder. The studies found that patients with the disorder and suicidality were more likely to have medications for opioid use disorder initiated in the following year than those without suicidality. The authors call for efforts to improve the number of patients with opioid use disorder and suicidality receiving medications, and particular attention to continuing treatment for those already receiving the medications. Our next article in Alcoholism, Clinical, and Experimental Research is titled predictors of abstinence, no heavy drinking days, and a two-level reduction in World Health Organization drinking levels during treatment for alcohol use disorder in the combined study. Data from trials of medications for alcohol use disorder was used to identify predictors of drinking outcomes. Data from the combined study, a randomized placebo-controlled trial evaluating the efficacy of naltrexone and acamprosate, was used in this study. Among the subjects classified as abstinent less than two consecutive weeks prior, the study found that younger and older persons with a total alcohol-dependent scale score greater than 13 were less likely to have no heavy drinking days than older subjects with a total alcohol-dependent scale score of less than 13. Next, we have a study in the Journal of Addiction Medicine titled Pharmacotherapies for Adults with Alcohol Use Disorders. The authors used 156 studies to conduct a meta-analysis of randomized or controlled clinical trials examining medications to treat alcohol use disorder among adults. In the analysis, oral naltrexone, disulfiram, acamprosate, and baclofen had the best evidence for improving abstinence and decreasing heavy drinking. Other drugs examined include chapiramate, which did show moderate effect, but was not better than the other medications and was poorly tolerated. Gabapentin was not found to have any significant effect on abstinence or in decreasing heavy drinking. A new article in Substance Abuse is titled Opioid Use Disorder Cascade of Care Framework Design. A cascade of care framework was first popularized as a public health accountability strategy to stem the spread of HIV and has been adapted specifically for opioid use disorder. The Cascade of Care Framework has been promoted by the NIH in several states and jurisdictions for organizing quality improvement efforts to improve opioid use disorder treatment initiation and retention. The framework provides decision trees and studies to help guide state agency and health system work to improve data collection and monitoring efforts. Next is a study in SAMHSA titled Preliminary Findings of Drug-Related Emergency Department Visits 2021. In the preliminary report of 2021, the Drug Abuse Warning Network identified over 140,000 drug-related emergency department visits from 52 participating hospitals. The top five drugs involved in drug-related emergency department estimates were alcohol, opioids, methamphetamine, marijuana, and cocaine. The monthly trend report analysis revealed decreasing trends of alcohol, methamphetamine, marijuana, and heroin-related emergency department visits. It also revealed increasing trends of fentanyl and unspecified narcotic analgesics. Our final article, titled, Unclear Role for E-Cigarettes During Pregnancy, is in Nature Medicine. The article examines effective interventions for pregnant women who smoke. Most of these interventions are lacking, with nicotine replacement therapy being the only routinely available pharmacotherapy. Nicotine replacement therapy is associated with low uptake, low adherence, and low overall smoking cessation rates. A substantial proportion of smokers who try to quit cigarette smoking using an e-cigarette end up as dual users, continuing to use both products. This implies that neither nicotine replacement nor e-cigarettes offer an adequate solution to smoking during pregnancy. The article concludes that further research is urgently needed to find more effective and innovative ways to support pregnant women as they quit smoking. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.